Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee, so without further ado, here he is. Good morning, Harvest. I don't know if you've been checking your calendars, but today is June 28th, and this would have been the Sunday of our retreat weekend if it had not been for COVID-19. And it would have also been the weekend in which we tried to celebrate in a big way the fact that our church turns 25 years old this year. And so we had hoped to celebrate together at the retreat. Obviously, we cannot do that. And so we will properly celebrate turning 25 when we're able to resume meeting in person in a significant way together. But for now, we thought it'd be fun to theme this Sunday's um, whole service with some retreat and 25th anniversary themes sewn in. So I hope you enjoyed. It was fun to have uh, Mark Rowe bring us into worship with an opening prayer and a word of welcome. And I think there's nobody we associate more with our retreats than Karen Kim. And what a blessing to have her share the announcements with us this Sunday. I want to give you a word, and this is not a formal return to the book of Psalms, but I find myself turning to the Psalms all the time lately. And I want to mark our 25th year as a church by just thinking about how much God has loved Harvest. And I've always joked that uh, I'm terrible at creating sermon titles, so the title of this message is simply, God Has Loved Harvest. And I want to draw from Psalm 36, verses 5 to 10, the passage that Caleb just read for us. And I'd like us to remember together the many ways in which God has shown His love to our church over the last 25 years. Before I dive into that remembrance, I want to make a a few statements that I think are important. You know, whether it's a birthday or an anniversary or any other kind of major milestone occasion, it's really important to step back and reflect, to zoom out a little bit and see where you've been, how far you've come, and where you've headed. And one of the reasons that's so important is because it's very important to intentionally acknowledge the positive things in life. And that's because psychologists have established pretty clearly that there's something called negativity bias. Um, Many experiments have been done to confirm this, but the human brain selectively latches on to negative things far more than positive things. They leave a bigger impact. And so that's why, for example, if I told you before going into surgery, you know, this procedure has a 90% success rate, you'd feel pretty good. But if the last thing you heard me say was, you know, this surgery has a 10% failure rate, you'd go under anesthesia very worried, wouldn't you? And that's the thing about our minds, is that we remember the bad things longer and more clearly than we tend to remember the good things. And that's why intentionally remembering and acknowledging the good things is so important. You know, it's why a, a blackout, a power outage, is such a remarkable and, remem- and memorable thing. But we remember that, and we don't remember the 3,000 nights before that in an unbroken chain when the magic of electricity worked perfectly every night. So we're not ignoring the fact that sometimes the power does go out. Sometimes very bad things happen. But what we're going to do today is intentionally key in on the wonderful, beautiful things that God has done in our story, which are so easy to overlook. And the second thing I want to say is, 
Um, it's, it pays to zoom out because we get a different perspective on things when we zoom out and see the broader picture than when we zoom in and see the up-close daily picture. I want to show you a slide, and this is a, a graph that looks pretty dramatic. If this was your mood or your well-being or your safety, you would feel all over the place based on this graph. It's actually a snapshot of the Dow Jones Industrial Average from June to December 2014. This is about a six-month period, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But when you zoom out, here's another graph that shows the Dow Jones Industrial Average over about a 10-year period, maybe about a 13-year period, from July 2007 to June 2020, just this, this month. And uh, you get a very different perspective. And if I show you this third slide, what I'll show you is that that dramatic up-and-down first graph I showed you is just one sliver of this much larger graph, which is trending up steadily over time. I'm not suggesting that every story in every person's life is trending upward. But what I am saying is that if you zoom in and look just at the nearness of, it, of time, it seems like it's all over the place. But when you do zoom out, you get a different story much of the time. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to zoom out and see what God has done over the years. I mean, just the fact that Caleb Choi read the scripture, I think, is a, a snapshot of this. Because on, on the one hand, it's just a college student who worked up the, the nerve to do the scripture reading on video for everyone. But to me, he represents something else. He's the oldest son of the first couple I ever married at this church. And for me, it's a remarkable thing to see the young man he's grown up to be and uh, the fact that he is still at our church. He's called Harvest Home for the entirety of his human life. And he's reading the scripture for us on the Sunday where we're marking our church turning 25 years old. And that zoomed out picture adds a beauty and a depth for me that really touches me when I zoom out and not just zoom in. Now that passage Caleb read, I'm going to do something a little different. Normally I try to educate and exhort out of the Word of God and go word for word or verse for verse, but today I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to educate or I'm not going to exhort. I'm going to emulate. I'm going to do what the psalmist is doing in that passage. And in the words that Caleb read for us, the psalmist is just effusively um, saying out loud what God is like, how He has been. And he's telling God and anyone else who will listen how good God is and how much He sees all that God has done in His life and in the life of His people. So that's what we're going to do. So thank you, Caleb, for being a physical reminder of the faithfulness of God. And I'm just so grateful that, Caleb, you represent in your generation one of many of the finest young men and women I've ever known who have come to our church and grown up here. And so I'm just filled with gratitude. I hope that you will be as well. I want to reminisce about some big areas of ministry and think about how good God has been and how much He's loved Harvest over the years. And the first area I want to look at is missions and outreach. When I was in seminary, I was a missions and evangelism major. And uh, one thing I learned, it's drilled into me, is that our God is a missionary God. He reaches after those who are far from Him. Yes, He loves those of us who are near, but His heart aches for those who are far away. And I believe that God has baked that deep into the DNA of our church. Yes, we have room to grow, but I'll tell you, 
it's remarkable when I look back over 25 years at the way that God has extended the reach of our small suburban Midwestern church to touch the lives of people literally all over the world on almost every continent of this planet. Whether we're sending our people, our pastors, our pocketbooks, or our prayers, we're touching the world, guys. Whether it's inner city of Chicago, a, a huge university campus in Texas, a small town in the Navajo Nation in Arizona. We've touched and shaped churches and emerging leaders all over North America. We've been to so many places in Asia, and we've touched lives in China, North Korea, Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, Thailand. We've had an impact on Africa, in Ghana, and Kenya, and Uganda, South Africa, in the Spanish-speaking world, in places like Bolivia and Mexico, and Guatemala, in places as far away as Australia, and Russia, the UK, and Denmark. God is using us through our people, our pastors, our prayers, our pocketbooks, to touch the world. And that's a greater reach than a church like us should realistically expect to have in the world. What's also so exciting to me is that we are beginning to really extend our reach into the community right around us. I'm so thankful for Sarah McClary and her community outreach team and the way that they are leading us to have a greater reach right into the community and the world in front of us, in literally our, our backyard. So I want to invite us to just pause and reflect on that. Maybe um, you've been on a trip with us as a church and that experience marked you. Maybe you've given very generously and didn't realize how far God had extended the reach of our church. So over the next 20 seconds, I just want to invite you um, to think about that, reminisce, and let God wash over your heart with the memories of how good He's been, how much He's loved us in this area of missions and outreach. Another area I want us to think about is leadership. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 reads like this in the New Living Translation. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. What Paul is telling the Ephesians is that good leaders are one of God's great gifts to the church. Because good leaders lead people to maturity. And then together, we do the things that give honor to God and touch the world around us. And God has, over the course of 25 years, given us an embarrassment of riches in the area of leaders. I'm always amazed at how faithful God has been. Whenever we lose one leader that we think is irreplaceable, God raises up another person to fill those big shoes. And he's done that again and again so many times that when someone I think I can't live without comes and says, hey, God is calling us away. We feel led to move on elsewhere. I'm sad on a human level, but I'm no longer frightened as a leader because I know that as God legitimately calls these people away, someone who's right here with us is going to rise up and fill those shoes. And he's done that unbelievably faithfully for the last 25 years. We live in times when the average pastor stays at a church for about three and a half years. 
And yet God's permitted me, maybe, maybe this is a gift, I don't know if it's not, but I've been permitted to stay here for 25 years. And Pastor Frank has been here for 15 years. And over the last 25 years, God's given us great pastors like Matt and Jared and now Stan to join that force. <clears throat> He's given us eight ministry interns who have trained for ministry. Many of them have moved on to have a profound impact on the kingdom in other places. A good elder is like a jewel that you find in a field. I mean, a good elder is so hard to find. God's given us seven of them over the 25 years, and two of them are still serving. And likewise for deacons. God has given us 13 amazing deacons, and four of them are still serving Harvest today. In addition to the pastors, he's given us nine other staff over the years. Three of them are still with us right now. And he's given us too many ministry team and small group leaders to even number right now. We have so many wonderful people who have stepped up and taken on the responsibility of leadership. And God has used them in profound ways to touch us. So I want to ask you to pause and reflect with me. Think about a leader at our church who has made a real difference in your life. Maybe through a word they've spoken or something they've done for you. Maybe it was just their presence in a pivotal time that made all the difference. They spoke life into you. They drew the best for God out of you. So would you pause for the next 20 minutes, or I'm sorry, 20 seconds. That would be a long pause. Would you pause with me for the next 20 seconds and just remember the different leaders God has raised up in this church who have touched your life. Another area I'd invite you to think about in, in one way that God has really loved our church is the way that He's grown us spiritually, both as individuals and as a church together. Many of us have had very powerful moments of spiritual growth during our time here at Harvest, and I'm no exception to that. We've heard words that have forever changed the way that we think about things or look at life. We've gone through periods of revival and renewal that have borne lasting fruit in our lives. We've had experiences that have either broken or repaired something deep within us that we thought would never change. We've had moments where God seemed so real that we could reach out and touch Him physically. Some of us have marked very important spiritual milestones while we've been at Harvest. Some have been baptized as adults. Even though they were baptized as children, um, they got to be baptized as a public and voluntary statement that I belong to God and to the body of Christ. What a joy every one of those baptisms has been. Some got baptized for the first time. <clears throat> Having grown up in the church and recognizing that the God of their father and mother is now their God. What a joy those baptisms have been. People have gotten married here. We've buried one another's loved ones, said goodbye to them here together. We've been there for milestones, but also in those moments, we've seen God differently. He's grown us through those things. Some of us have read the Bible for the first time cover to cover while we've been here at Harvest. Some of us had our first experience stepping into the role of a leader and then being amazed to discover that God uses us in powerful ways to touch the lives of other people. 
I don't know how you've grown in your time at Harvest, but I've got to imagine you wouldn't still be here if God had not shown you at some point the wonders of knowing Him and walking with Him and allowed you to grow spiritually through the ministry of this church. So I want to invite us for the next 20 seconds to just pause and reflect on the different ways that God has allowed us to grow spiritually through the ministry of Harvest. We have just a couple more, and so I hope you'll stay with me. Um, I really got blessed this week writing this, even though it was not a taxing study kind of preparation. Just God was reminding me of so many stories and faces and people that were part of the way He's blessed me over the years at Harvest. Let's think about relationships and the way that God has loved us through relationships at Harvest. John 13.35, in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the Bible called The Message, reads this way, This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples, when they see the love you have for each other. Jesus said that the proof the world will see of our faith is largely in the way that we love one another within the church. It's so important we show our love to the world outside the church. But make no mistake, the love that we enjoy and show each other within the church is one of the greatest forms of witness we can offer the world about the power and reality of God. And over the last 25 years, God has blessed us this way. He has filled this church with some powerful relationships. He has preserved and rescued relationships that otherwise might have fallen away in our lives. You know, we live in times when, by the way, here's the good news. You've heard the old saying that 50% of marriages fail. And when when I was Um, Just getting started in ministry, that was very true. But the divorce rate has steadily decreased over the last few decades, and that's good news. It's down to about 25%. It's still bad that one out of every four marriages will fail. But I'm so thankful that in a time where the divorce rate is 25%, the vast majority of marriages at harvest have held steady. That doesn't mean we have not had our challenges, but I'm just so thankful for the many marriages that are still intact and that are flourishing. And even for those marriages that are struggling or have struggled, I just think about how many times marriages that were in trouble were saved or extended because they didn't stand alone, but so many others stepped into that space and walked with another couple and showed love and support and prayer and were fighting side by side for that marriage Our church's history is filled with stories like that. And so uh, even though we grieve those marriages that end, I want to pause and just thank God for the hundreds of marriages that have endured and flourished over the years at this church. Maybe that's real close to home for some of us. And we need to just pause today and think about how God has loved us, even through something we might take for granted, like a marriage that's okay, intact. Many of us have found some of our closest friends in the world through this church. People who started out as church friends, but over time became something much more than just church friends. People who go to the same organization as me. They've become people who belong to me and I belong to them. 
It's been one of my great joys, and I believe one of the keys to my longevity as a pastor here is that I'm not just your pastor and you're not just church members, but we have become like family to each other. I think of you as my personal friends and not just as my parishioners. And I think that is what has brought so much deep joy to me as a pastor. And I know that many of us have found a similar experience with one another through this church. We've been there and shared key experiences and milestones in one another's lives. Some of them were painful and some of them were very joyful. And we've looked around and been there with each other at those times. We've served each other. We've been there to support one another when the world was falling apart. And I want you to think about the fact that apart from Harvest, some of your best friends at this church would have been strangers you walked right past in the shopping center. People you didn't know. But through the ministry of this church, a person who once was a stranger has now become like a brother or sister to you. And so why don't we pause and reflect on that for about 20 seconds. Think about some of the people that God has brought into your life who you treasure and love. And let's let the goodness of God through that, through those relationships, through our marriages, our family relationships, our friendships that have been strengthened and preserved at this church, let's let the goodness of God wash over us as we just pause and reflect on that for the next 20 seconds. Last thing I want us to reflect on as a sign of God's great love for us over the years, and there are many more, I just picked five, but God has given us such stability over the last 25 years. And if you've been involved in some of the ups and downs with our church, then yes, it, it may not always have seemed like a perfect ride, but I've traveled the world, consulted with leadership teams, seen the way that conflict and division and scandal and crisis have rocked churches that I care deeply about. And I can tell you over 25 years that I don't know of any church that has been like ours, that has been so well-preserved, so um, protected from some of the great swings up and down that have affected and afflicted so many other churches. Over 25 years, God has given us amazing financial stability. He's preserved our ability to give generously, and give generously we have. You have been an amazingly generous church, so faithful in your stewardship. Even through this COVID-19, what good news that giving has held steady, that we are continuing to honor God in worship through giving, even now. He's allowed us to avoid any financial scandal or crisis. We've had times where we, th we said, oh no, uh, we better pay attention to this, but He has brought us out of that every single time. He's always provided us a place to meet, a perfect place for the perfect time. Just walking around this ministry center we're in right now and thinking about the fact that God has not only given us a wonderful church home here in the ministry center, but we're saving tons of money being here. I just, I just feel the love of God every time I come in to work here in this physical building. We've never had significant political division. I've watched churches ripped apart from the inside as the top leaders just fought with each other against one another rather than side by side. We've never had that at our church. Yes, we've had disagreements in principle over things, but even the way that we disagree has been a great gift and a blessing to me. And I've had that front row seat to a lot of those moments where we didn't see eye to eye. 
I, I'm just amazed at the love God's shown our church at the top levels of leadership and the unity and the peace we have enjoyed for 25 years. And by God's grace, none of our top leaders has been involved in some scandalous, terrible thing. I hope I haven't jinxed us, but I'll tell you right now, it's a gift from God. It has nothing to do with how good we are as people. It is just the gift of God to us that He's preserved us over 25 years from the stupidity and the frailty of human flesh and allowed us to hold together. And whether it was the Christian and Missionary Alliance or now the Thrive Network, we have always enjoyed such peace and good relationship with the networks we've been part of. And so I'm really grateful, looking over the years, that God has preserved us by giving us the gift of stability. Here's my real prayer and hope for the future, is that should instability rock us, should harder times come, these 25 years of relative peace have strengthened us and grown us enough in our faith and trust in God that nothing that happens here will be able to shake us from believing God and moving forward in unity and in faith, no matter what the cost. So maybe God has some storms planned for us to use and to test our faith. But we can thank Him for 25 years in which the storms have passed us by and we've grown stronger and stronger over those years. So let's pause and reflect on the fact that over 25 years of our history, We have not been ripped apart by conflict or division or scandal or crisis. And let's ask God to use that strength He's built up to face whatever lies ahead as a church. As I wind things down here, today I don't want to focus on practical application. I don't want to give you a long list of ways to respond to this. I just want to soak in the goodness of God as we've been doing and just let that wash over us. I want to leave you with the beautiful words of Psalm 84.4. I love this psalm, and I love this verse in particular. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. The praise team is going to lead us now, and we're going to close our service a little differently. The praise team has prepared a beautiful, longer closing song. It's a special praise called The Blessing, and they got the vast majority of the praise team to be on camera singing. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, but it's a great blessing to hear the words of this song. And we're going to let this song, and there's going to be a little surprise towards the end of that, that song video um, that I think will touch you and help you reflect on God's goodness to us. But I'm going to let this song serve as a musical benediction, and I won't give a separate benediction at the end of the service. And when that video is done, I'll be back to just um, say goodbye to you and invite you to then join us for breakout rooms. I hope that song was a blessing to you, and I want to really extend, on behalf of all of us, our, our deep gratitude to the praise team. They put in a lot of time and a lot of work to put that video together for this special occasion. So thank you, praise team, for blessing us that way. And I want to thank God for what that song represents and what it reminds us of, that He has loved us. And He has blessed us. He has made His face shine upon us. For 25 years, He has showered us with an embarrassment of riches. He has loved us so well. And I don't know why He's allowed us to grow so strong in such relative peace and comfort. But whatever He has in store for us ahead, I believe that He has made us a church 
that can keep moving forward no matter what hits us. And I want to thank God for that. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.